So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And it's the 19th of May. It's the fifth Sunday of Easter. This programme has been broadcast on Sacred Space uh, at West Limit 102 FM local radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. It's also available on, for playback and download on Come and See Inspirations com. If you open up the buzzsprout.com website, you can also you can search Come and See Inspirations and find us there. You can also hear a podcast on our blog, Sacred Space, 102.blogspot.com. Our podcasting team this morning includes Lorraine Buckley. Good morning to you, Lorraine. How are you? Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. Very well, John. Thank you very much the indeed. The sun is shining. We're delighted. And you'll be doing your homework again on the same for the week. Thank you very much indeed. And good morning to Anne. How are you, Anne? Not too bad at all. Thank you, John. And good morning, listeners. And we thank you again, listeners, as Anne just said, for, for joining us this morning, for keeping us in prayer, and for meeting us and encouraging us, as you do, um, each Sunday and each week, uh, as we make our way around the West Limerick and Newcastle West areas. And thank you again for the texts and the emails that you sent, uh, keeping us um, keeping us hope-filled in this particular hour, where we think especially of those people who are lonely, those people who are searching for some hope, those people who are sick and maybe can't get out of the house this morning. We pray, and actually we're, we're pretty sure that this particular programme will bring a lot of hope this morning. Because our programme this morning actually includes in part two, it's actually a repeat of a section of a programme that we played back this time five years ago, guys. We're getting on a bit, aren't we? Uh, 2014, May 2014, we had a lovely program uh, which we produced uh, f- um, all about the, the Mary. And because this is the month of May, we said we'd repeat that program. So Lorraine gave us a lovely little reflection there with myself and Anne in studio. And we had a little bit of a chat about it and some beautiful music to, to follow on. So please listen in to part two and enjoy a beautiful reflection on Mary. We'll also have Saints for the Week, of course, shortly. And um, as well as that, at the end of the programme, uh, we'll have our Sunday Gospel where we really reflect on the Word of God. Just before Lorraine just introduces us to the Saints for the Week, there's one little notice I just want to bring to people's attention. Radio Maria, people in, Newca- in the Arda Parish would have been aware last uh, Monday, Father Amy McCarthy, the priest director of Radio Maria, was in Ada to celebrate Mass, and actually that was broadcast on Radio Maria, which went all through Ireland and uh, in some parts of Europe and the world. Radio Maria is a Catholic radio sta- uh, station. It's broadcasting 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Various programmes uh, which are suited for youth and not-so-young listeners, including Daily Mass at 10am. Last Monday was an exception in Ada. Daily Rosary is played at 12.30 and 5.30. Where there's chat shows, vocation stories, catechesis and loads of music. The way to access uh, Radio Maria, well, if you get Serview, that's two. If you have um, Serview channel, that's where you get RT1 and RT2. But if you go to RT1 and come back one, you'll come on to Serview 210, which is Radio Maria. You can also access it through www.radiomaria.ie. Or you can actually phone 01-437-3277. And I'll put this information, if I can, up on our... I'll ask Lorraine, actually, to put this uh, information up on our blog. You can also text in, there's a text number, 089-4672-000. That's 
7-2000. So with that, I'll hand over to Lorraine and she's going to share with us some saints for the week. Thanks, Lorraine. You are very welcome, John. Of course, we have quite a busy week ahead of us again with our saints. We have some fabulous saints here. Uh, just as an aside, I was um, listening to a program that's free at the moment on the web. It's a Catholicism Pivotal Players by uh, Bishop Robert Byrne. Mm-hmm. Um, at the, it's just free for a few days at the moment as a kind of a test. But he talks about how some of the people entering seminary when he was rector of a seminary, how they had an experience of being called to priesthood from the age of four or five. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we think that religion is something you kind of come to later in life or mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. holiness or, or sanctity or the pursuit of holiness, which we're all called to, mm-hmm. is something you kind of get into maybe later on. And he was making the point, well, we put our children into sports classes young. Mm-hmm. We put them in, you know, swimming young mm-hmm. or whatever it yeah, might whatever, be, yeah. or singing mm-hmm. or Irish mm-hmm. dancing. And we don't think that that's going to damage their psyche. So why don't we let them pursue holiness from a young age? And that's what we're talking about, really, when we're talking about the celestial guides, our dear saints. So on Monday, the 20th of May, we have St. Bernardino of Siena, who lived from 1380 to 1444, Bernardino, or Little Bernard, was born in Tuscany. His parents died when he was a child. When he was a student at the University of Siena, he took charge of the hospital there when an epidemic killed most of the staff. And later he looked after a bedridden aunt until her death. And then at the age of 22, he became a Franciscan. He was inspired by St. Vincent Ferrer. He was an energetic and popular preacher and spent years travelling on foot throughout Italy, preaching to enormous audiences. He denounced usury, that's the practice of lending money at unreasonably high rates of interest, and he promoted peace among the warring Italian cities and worked hard for the reform and discipline of the Franciscan order and for church unity. So that's Bernardino on Monday. On Tuesday, the 21st of May, we have St. Christopher Magdalenes and his companions. So Christopher or Cristobal Magdalenes Yara was born in the state of Jalisco in Mexico in 1869. He was ordained a priest at the age of 30 and became parish priest of his hometown. He took a special interest in the evangelization of the local indigenous Huichel people and founded a mission for them. And when government persecution of the Catholic Church began and the seminaries were closed, he opened a small local seminary. He wrote and preached against armed rebellion, but was falsely accused of promoting the Cristero Rebellion. Unfortunately, he was arrested on the 21st of May 1927 while on the way to celebrate Mass at a farm. He was executed without a trial, but not before giving his remaining possessions to his executioners and giving them absolution. Isn't that incredible, John? Mm. And with him, we're celebrating 24 other Mexican martyrs of the early 20th century. And of course, our minds go this week to the six people who were murdered in... Burkina Faso, the priest and five parishioners during Mass. So we have martyrs throughout the church, John. And, you know, we're thinking about those people out in Africa there who who were murdered. These people, I mean, are giving their all to, maybe read about or talk about later on in the Gospel, loving everybody, loving unconditionally, passing on that faith, passing on that, that hope. Absolutely. And yet somebody come along and just... Well, thank God. Thank God we have Mm. martyrs in heaven. 
On Wednesday, the 22nd of May, we have one of my favourite scenes, St. Rita of Cassia. And you like her too. <laughs> She's uh, incredible. Uh, uh, she uh, lived uh, from 1377 to 1447. She was born near Cassia in Umbria in Italy. She was married at the age of 12, which was quite common at the time, despite her frequently repeated wishes to become a nun. Now, unfortunately, her husband was a rich, quick-tempered and immoral person and had many enemies, so she had a tough life, John. She endured his insults, abuses and infidelities for 18 years and bore him two sons who grew up to be exactly like their father. 18 years. 18 years of hardship. That's patience. That's holiness. holiness. It is. It really is. Towards the end of his life, she helped to convert her husband to a more pious way of life, but he was stabbed to death by his enemies not long afterwards. He repented before he died and was reconciled with the church. Her sons planned to avenge their father's death. But when Rita's pleas were unveiling, unavailing, I beg your pardon, she prayed that God would take their lives if that was the only way to prefer, preserve them from the sin of murder. And they died of natural causes a year later. So she would rather see them dead and in heaven. Yes. Than become murderers and in hell. Not too many people think that way. These Absolute days. incredible faith. She asked to join the convent of St. Mary Magdalene at Cassia, but she was rejected because she was a widow and the convent was only for virgins and later given the impossible task of reconciling her family with her husband's murderers. She carried out that task and was allowed to enter the convent at the age of 36. She remained there until her death at the age of 70. And she is widely honoured as a patron saint of impossible or lost causes. You can see the reason why. Well, you can absolutely see the reason why. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we have St. John Baptiste de Rossi, who, was, uh, who lived from 1698 to 1764. He was born in Voltaggio in Italy. Although his family wasn't financially wealthy, they were very much rich in faith. Um, so John was taken under the guidance of a wealthy noble couple from Genoa and he was put through his schooling. His desire to grow in holiness sometimes led him to go overboard in his practices of voluntary mortification and his austerity nearly ruined his health and he began having fits of epilepsy. He struggled with these epileptic fits for the rest of his life. Now, John dearly wanted to become a priest, but at the time, if you had epilepsy, you couldn't become a priest. Okay. But he was granted a dispensation, thanks be to God. And in gratitude for that, he swore, he vowed to not accept any ecclesiastical benefits unless commanded to do so out of obedience to his religious superiors. He devoted himself to serving Rome's sick, homeless and prostitutes. He wore himself out by his unselfish service and suffered a stroke in 1763, dying a year later. On Friday, May 24th, we have St. David I of Scotland. David was the youngest son of Scotland's virtuous queen, St. Margaret, succeeded his brother to the Scottish throne in 1124. On Friday, May 22nd, 1153, as David was nearing his death, he received the anointing of the sick of the Atticum, after which he devoted himself to reciting the Psalms with those at his bedside. The next day, the king told him to take a rest from his devotions. And he said, let me rather think about the things of God so that my spirit may set out strengthened on its journey from exile to home. When I stand before God's tremendous judgment seat, you will not be able to answer for me or defend me. On Saturday, the 25th of May, we have St. Mary Magdalene de Patsy. Uh, St. Mary Magdalene baptized Catherine, was taught mental prayer from when she was nine years old. Um, on her mother's instructions. She experienced many mystical experiences um, 
which on one level she was very mortified about. She wanted to love the Lord with all her heart, mm. but didn't want the attention that came with the mystical yep. experiences. Yep. Um, so she entered the Carmelite uh, monastery. Far from enjoying that attention, she was embarrassed by it all. For all her days, she wanted to live a hidden life. For example, when she wanted to go barefoot, Instead of going barefoot, which would have brought her attention, she cut out the soles of her feet, of her shoes, shoes. rather, so that she could go barefoot without anybody knowing. Wow. Um, She is just an incredible lady. She suffered from headaches and paralysation, which confined her to her bed. And her nerves were so sensitive that she could not be touched without agonising pain. For three years, she suffered and died at the age of 41. Couldn't we learn something really from all these saints? I mean, there's that lady now. She didn't want anybody else to see her going barefoot. Mm -hmm. Wow, not too many of us. They're just incredible saints, John. St. Rita of Cassia. She was some lady too. Thanks to God for giving us these saints to go before us and show us the way. Showing us the way at this particular saint, we made a go for a spiritual communion prayer. And this is especially for those who couldn't get out of the house this morning and were struggling those who went to Mass maybe every day, every week of the year, maybe every day that they could, but now can't. But we'll offer, with, as Anne prays this, we'll offer this spirit of communion prayer in union with them to Jesus this morning. Thanks, Anne. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul since I now cannot receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. So now we go for our first bit of music. And it was a Lady of Fatima uh, feast day last Monday. I'd like to play this one. It's the English version of the Fatima hymn that sang, of course, in the shrine at Fatima. So let's hear this. In Fatima's cove on the
And as it is the month of May, the month of Mary, we said this morning that we'd have a little look at what is devotion to Mary, who was Our Lady, and where do our Marian doctrines come from? So I suppose to look first at what is devotion to Mary. Like some people think that Catholics especially mm-hmm. worship Mary and maybe even Irish Catholics worship Mary. But we don't. The only people that we actually adore, the actual, or the only person that we actually adore yeah. is God. Is God. Yeah. Is God. And there's actually even a special Latin name for it. Mm-hmm. Latria. That's the the adoration and the worship given to God. Now, of course, we also venerate certain people. And that's veneration is a kind of an honor due to the excellence of a person, how mm-hmm. faithful a person has been to Christ. Mm-hmm. And these are our saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they're our role models in the faith. They've, they've walked the walk. They've talked the talk. Yes. They've done the journey before us. So very recently we had the canonization of... Pope John Paul II. That's right, yeah. And mm-hmm. Pope John the Twenty Third, And it was recently announced as well that Blessed Paul VI mm-hmm. will be canonized. That's right. And we might think, oh gosh, canonization is only about popes. Mm-hmm. It isn't, though. There's actually quite a few other um, lay people and religious people and priests that are canonized over the centuries. In fact, I, I, I just heard somewhere there recently um, Pope Francis in a short time in his pontificate I think he's nearly canonized more saints than I a lot of other uh, I think there early on this year he canonized 860 uh, lay people from some part of the world isn't that who incredible are martyrs. so do you know it's not just popes as you say absolutely mm. so we venerate the saints because by the way that they have lived they have imitated Christ. They have shown yeah. Christ to mm. us. They have mm. displayed his qualities. And so Our Lady then has a very special place among the saints. And it's like when we're honoring Our Lady, we're pleasing God, we're pleasing Jesus because mm. we're honoring his mother. Yes. Now we're going to come back to that yeah, in, we'll a, in a little while. Yeah. Mm. But it's just a, a very special place. And again, we venerate her because of all that she did. Um, for God mm-hmm. and but all that she did for God was only possible because all God did for her all the grace God gave it yeah. so mm-hmm. when we venerate Our Lady we are saying thank you Lord we're praising God mm-hmm. for the wonderful gift of Our Lady yes which is lovely mm-hmm. yes okay so it's different to adoration and that's important to know so first to look at Mary in Scripture and it's funny John because when you look at Mary in Scripture you don't start with the New Testament you can actually go right back to the start of Scripture right back to the Old Testament the role of Mary like other Catholic truths was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. Now, of course, I have to say at the very start of this, this is not my own thinking. This is Mm. from a lovely book by Mark Merivale. Mm. It's called Introduction to Mary, the Heart of Marian Doctrine and Devotion. And it's looking at that book. So just in case anybody wants to read up more on it. So the role of Mary is foreshadowed in the Old Testament right back in Genesis, John. Do you remember in Genesis we hear the creation account God created, Adam and Eve and all creation, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was good. God saw that all he had made and it was good. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, we sinned. Mm -hmm. We fell away from God. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we did, God put in his plan of salvation. Mm -hmm. And we read it in Genesis 3.15. It's called the first gospel. The first gospel is actually there in the book of Genesis. 
And it's God speaking and he says, The woman and the serpent are put in enmity. I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He, the serpent, shall bruise your head. Sorry, he shall bruise your head is Jesus. And you shall bruise his heel. So what he's saying is, he's foreshadowing, God is telling us already that he has a wonderful plan of salvation in place. So you have Eve in the Old Testament being told that I will put enmity between you and between Satan. Um, he will snap at your heel. You know, yeah. he'll, he'll mm. try to make you fall away from mm. me. Mm. Mm. But your seed, your son, will crush him. Will okay. absolutely crush him. So that's what the seed, you know, that's when the seed comes in. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Mm. So in Eve, even though Eve, Eve fell into sin like mm-hmm. most of us, mm-hmm. we have a kind of a foreshadowing of Our Lady's role. Okay. okay. Again, we can jump to the prophet Isaiah, which comes up a lot in our readings coming up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's a prophecy about the Virgin Mother of Emmanuel. And Isaiah says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And yeah. his name will be called Emmanuel. I like that now. Now that that I can I can get between my, my two ears <laughs> there, you know. Okay, okay, I like that one. Lovely. And then another prophet, a prophet called Micah in chapter five, he foretells the birth of a saviour as well. And he's talking about a woman from Bethlehem. But you, O Bethlehem, are a little one among the thousands of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler of Israel, and his going forth is from the beginning, from the days of eternity. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in travail shall bring forth. Now she who is in travail is she who is in childbirth shall bring forth. So again, it's talking about Our Lady's role in bringing forth Jesus. Isn't it gorgeous that you have all these little... It is. And I certainly wouldn't have thought that there was any reference at all mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. They're like little They're signposts. Like, They're pointing yeah. us forward, pointing us forward yeah. all the time. Didn't didn't cap onto that. Okay. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then just other kind of images that aren't necessarily as obvious, like Jacob's ladder in the um, in Genesis again, mm-hmm. where Jacob saw the angels ascending and descending yeah, so, yeah, from heaven. That. Yeah. That's kind of like a type of Mary showing kind of like the future intercession that Our Lady would have. Okay, between... Now, again, okay, okay. you're kind of... You're using your imagination yes, a little yes, bit more yes, for these yeah, ones, okay. but that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, okay. The burning bush of Moses mm-hmm. is kind of like pointing us to Mary as well because the bush held the presence of God, but if you remember, John, mm-hmm. the bush wasn't being burnt. That's right, that's right. And Our Lady held within herself the Son of God. Yeah, yeah. Isn't okay. that gorgeous? Okay, now, now, now I see it. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And again, the Ark of the Covenant is a similar kind of idea because the Ark of the Covenant was that special place that held the presence of God. And Our Lady was that special person that held the Son of God in her womb for nine months. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Now, Our Lady as well is, she's a symbol or kind of um, a personification of the faithful people in the Old Testament. Okay. They were called the Anuim, the, the Lord's faithful, 
that never lost trust in God. They mm. were poor people. They, were, you know, they worked hard, and yeah. they utterly believed that what God promised them would come true. They had that gift of faith. They had the gift of faith. And Our Lady is a model of that. You'll see that when we come to the Annunciation then. She believed what God had told her through the angel Gabriel. So you're now watering our mouths now. A little bit now before (laughs) we we move away from Okay. So we come to the New Testament. And the New Testament, we're going to look first at Luke's Gospel because Luke is often, Luke's Gospel is often referred to as Our Lady's Gospel. Hmm. And we think Luke must have had chats with, with Mary at some point because he has a lot of material in the Gospel that he couldn't have known unless he got it from Mary herself yes, yeah, or, yeah. or somebody very close to Mary. Hmm. So we start off with the Annunciation, where the words of the angel Gabriel are Hail Mary, or Hail full of grace, the Lord is with you, which is the first line of our Hail Mary. Hmm. And he greets Mary and he goes on to announce that Mary will be the chosen mother of the Saviour. And then in Luke's Gospel again, we see the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth when Mary had heard this Mm -hmm. wonderful news from the angel Gabriel and had consented and had said, yes, behold the handmaid of the Lord, I will do what you ask of me. She left to go to her elderly cousin, Elizabeth, whom Gabriel told her was also pregnant Mm -hmm, through mm -hmm. a miracle of God Mm -hmm. and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary the babe in her womb John the Baptist leapt and she was filled with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and then Mary proclaims her magnificate and in that beautiful hymn of praise to God she says all generations will call me blessed and she was saying that at a prayer and praise rather than boasting absolutely pure humility pure humility Mm. everything Mm. comes down to the Mm. grace of God Mm. and then in Luke again in chapter 2 we come to the nativity of Jesus the birth of Jesus where Mary brought forth her son and wrapped him in swaddling Mm. clothes Mm. and then in Luke's gospel we have the presentation where the infant Jesus was presented in the temple by Mary and Joseph and they had to give the offering for the poor because they were really poor And they heard the prophetic words of Simeon, who told Mary that a sword will pierce your own heart too. And of course, when we think about Mm. the end of Jesus' life, when we think about Calvary and Mm. the utter pain that he went through, and we think of how she walked that journey with him, her only son, and of course a a sword of sorrow must have pierced her heart as well. Uh, and I mean, she she could only have done that if she had the grace of God. Exactly, exactly. It wasn't because she was this superhuman no, person. She was a mother of God. Exactly, and we're going to come back to that mm, yes. again in mm. a little while. Mm. And of course, throughout the finding of the child Jesus in the temple, and after three days. Mary and Joseph find Jesus and they say, well, why, why have you done this to us? You, mm. you disappeared on us, you little scamp kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he said, I must be about my father's business. And we're told that Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now, Matthew gives us several other kind of Marian scriptural references. Mm. We hear about the betrothal of Mary to Joseph and Matthew. We also hear that when Joseph was told that Mary was to conceive a son through the power of the Holy Spirit, 
Joseph was going to set her aside. He was mm. going to break off the proposal. The first part of the betrothal had only taken place. And the angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And then you have the the arrival of the, the Magi, the three wise men, and they worshipped Jesus and they fell down and again we're told that you know Mary's watching on on all these Mm, significant mm. events in Mm, her mm, life and mm. in the life of her child Jesus and she's pondering everything in her heart as we hear from Luke's gospel so of course Matthew tells us about the flight of the Holy Family into Egypt and their return again back into um, into Israel when it was safe enough for them to come back and again There are other kind of ones we read in Luke's Gospel about Mary's intercession at the wedding feast of Cana, where Mm -hmm. it's Mary who spots that they've run out of wine, Mm -hmm. and she brings it to Jesus' attention, and Jesus is seemingly quite sharp to her and says, my hour has not yet come, Mm -hmm. like what do you want me to Mm -hmm. do for them? Mm And she kind of ignores that little remark yeah. and she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. First, well, in fact, it's not the only word she ever mentioned in Scripture apart from denunciation, is that it? I think so, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, it's mm. incredible. Mm. And it's a pure Memmi thing to do. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Memmi asks, asks the son mm. to do mm. something mm. and mm. he kind of retorts mm. uh, but doesn't agree to do it and she kind of side-skirts him a bit yeah. and goes, yeah. go on, do whatever he tells you yeah. and that'll yeah. be grand. Yeah. And then, of course, we have that beautiful image of Mary at the foot of the cross. Her heart Mm. is breaking. Her son is being crucified, treated as a common criminal. And here we learn about Mary's spiritual motherhood. Mm. Jesus, dying on the cross, says to Mary, Woman, behold your son. And he's he's saying that of John the Apostle. Mm. And then he turns to John the apostle, the evangelist, and he says, Son, behold your mother. So in that moment, he's giving Mary to all of us. Yeah, yeah. Because Mm. in that moment, John represents every baptized person in the world. There's a lovely um, kind of Catholic meme they're called. It's a a little kind of mock-up photo at the moment going around on Facebook. And it shows Pope Francis, Pope uh, Benedict and Pope John Paul. Mm -hmm. And they're each of one of them is praying and they're praying the rosary they have the rosary in their hand yeah. and the little caption underneath is these three are Mammy's boys are you oh, and it's lovely good. it's very that good. idea that yeah. yes Our Lady is truly our mother and yeah. that we can come to her yes. with, with any of our yes. needs Of course, Mary was present in the upper room at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down upon the the apostles. Mm -hmm. We know that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Um, St. Paul refers to her in a couple of occasions. In in, um, Galatians, he refers to the Savior that was born of a woman, which is Our Lady. Um, of course, in Revelations as well, we hear of the woman clothed in the sun, which again is Our Lady. So not to spend too much time on it, there's loads and loads in this book. But, but the important thing is there, like, you know, that there's lots of references to Our Lady Absolutely. In now, we're not going to go through everything because no. we just don't have time. No, no. But we'll pick out a couple of ones. Let's look at Mary's Mother of God. At the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel declared to Mary, Behold, you shall conceive in your womb, and you shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Therefore, the Holy One who shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Now, 
A guy called Nestorius in the 400s was kind of disputing it a little bit, not from the point of view that he was kind of arguing that Our Lady was the mother of Jesus. He, he totally got that Mary was the, the mother of Jesus, but he said he couldn't work out how Mary was the son of God, God's mm. eternal. How, mm. how can God mm. be born? Mm. And he was saying, okay, I can accept that Mary's the mother of Jesus, but I cannot accept that Mary's the mother of God. But the point is you can't split Jesus into different persons. No. Jesus is one person mm. and he has a human nature and he has a divine nature and they are both, they are inseparably united in mm. the one mm. divine person of Jesus. So again, if Jesus Christ is born of Mary and since Jesus is truly the son of God mm. and Mary as we know, is referred in Scripture as the mother of Jesus, then Mary must be the true mother of God made man. Mm-hmm. And they announce this, or they clarify this, at a council called the Council of Ephesus in 431 AD. And there was such rejoicing that Mary was defended in her title as mother of God, that they held a procession, a joyful procession through the streets of Ephesus. And that wasn't coming from the bishops, that was coming from the ordinary from the people, yeah. the ordinary uh, people, uh, yeah, the people yeah. in the pews, you might say. Yeah, yeah. They held this huge party because they, they mm, knew Mary yeah. was the mother of God. Yes. They knew Nestorius wasn't quite right in what he was saying. Mm. So Mary is the mother of God. I think we have to hear that again. You know, I think we, we really have to hear that the angel Gabriel came from God mm-hmm. and he said to Mary that the one that shall be born of you shall be called the son of God. So mm-hmm. we need to hear that again. And so Mary was uh, Mary was truly the mother, the mother of God. Of God. And that's what Ephesus was all about. Absolutely. In the sense that it was of her nature that he was born. Yes, yes. You know, obviously, eternally, he was eternally the son of God. The son of God, yeah, yeah, But Mary's the mother of God because you cannot split the person of Jesus. That's right, that's right. Now, unfortunately, we're running out of time as well, usual, okay. John. But we'll we'll just skip forward to mm-hmm. another of the doctrines, and this is the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. Now, this was defined by Pope Pius IX in 1854. And you might think, gosh, if this only arrived in 1854, that's quite a long time. 1800 years, yeah. 1800 Mm -hmm. years afterwards. And you might think that, okay, this is one of the things that the church kind of made up on. Mm-hmm. You know, they were having a slow mm-hmm. day. They decided they'd have a look at Mary mm-hmm. and decided. But it's it's the culmination of mm-hmm. a lot of theology um, around Our Lady and around Christ, because Christ and Our Lady are inseparably linked. Mm-hmm. The reason Mary has such a privileged place in Catholic theology is not because what she necessarily did herself, but what Christ did for her. Yes, yeah. And again, we're looking at that here. The doctrine of the Immaculate Conception states that Mary was conceived without any stain of original sin. And again, it wasn't because Mary was a superhuman person. It was because of, they call it a singular grace, that before she was even conceived, Jesus had saved her. Mm, mm, mm. And that's like, that's the wonderful gift that we get in our, um, in baptism, that we are we are washed clean of original sin. And because Our Lady was going to hold the Son of God in her womb, Mm. and God and sin are complete opposites, 
There's no Absolute way that she opposites. could have had any trace of sin. She couldn't have had any trace mm-hmm. of sin. Mm-hmm. So God chose to save Our Lady even before Jesus was born mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it, it takes a little bit of working out in our minds sometimes mm-hmm. because we tend to think of things linearly, like yes, in a yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's beautiful that mm-hmm. even Our Lady had to be saved by her son. That's right. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And again, we can pick out a few points in um, in Scripture to kind of the back that up. Like, again, the angel Gabriel at the Annunciation said, Hail, full of grace. Mm-hmm. Now, he couldn't have used the term full of grace if Our Lady hadn't been That's conceived right. without mm-hmm. original mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a fullness of grace, of an over flowing of grace, plenitude Mm. of grace. Mm. And it's only because she was going to become the mother of the Son of God that she was saved Mm. from the moment of her conception. You just think about the wonder of all of that, that she's going to become the mother of the Son of God. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. And again, it comes down to the primacy of grace. It's what God does for us. Mm. And again, we can look at our own baptisms and look at what God does for us in Mm. baptism. Mm. He frees us from original sin. He washes all our sins clean. So obviously, as a baby, you've committed no personal Mm. sin. You have to be of the age of reason Mm. to commit sin. But you think of the adults that were baptized a few weeks ago at the Mm. Easter Mm. Vigil. Mm. And every single sin of their entire life gone just like that and that's what God has done for us as well and of course that's what God does for us in the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation Mm -hmm. we think that God is there with a little tick box going nope you did this again but really God is saying come back to me I will wash you clean of sin again so that's what the immaculate conception is all about really so it was in a a papal document in 1854 Pope Pius IX said we declare Pronounce and define. So he's making it really clear that the doctrine which holds that the Most Blessed Virgin Mary, at the first instant of her conception, was a prayer was preserved immune from all stain of sin by a singular grace and privilege of the omnipotent God, the Almighty God, in view of the merits of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the human race. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Like that. And again, I'm going to say it again. Jesus saved Our Lady. Yeah. Isn't it just Mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous? How are we doing for time, John? Are we running out? We're doing okay. (laughs) We're doing really close. Um, What we might just do is just bring it back again to the idea that we only adore God. Absolutely. And we venerate Our Lady. And we venerate Our Lady. What we might do at Mm -hmm. another stage, John, Mm -hmm. is is look at the other doctrines. I think we'll leave it there now because otherwise it's too much information at one time. So Mary was truly the mother of God. Mm -hmm. And Mary was preserved from original sin, in fact, from all stain of sin, because of what Jesus would do for all mankind. And the two are interconnected. Now, because... We are in the month of May, we said. We'd have a quick look Mm. at the rosary. And it's literally going to be a whistle-stop tour of the rosary from... It's it's a document by Pope John Paul, which was written in 2002 for the year of the rosary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's called Rosarium Virginis Maria, the rosary of the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. just to pick one or two points out, just to kind of talk about what we were looking at. Mary lived with her eyes fixed on Christ, treasuring his every word. 
In Luke, in two different parts, we're told she kept all these things, pondering mm. them in our heart. Mm. And one way that we can ponder these things in our heart is through the rosary. Because the decades of the rosary, the different decades, they're not about Our Lady, really. Mm. They're about Christ. Yes. And they go through his entire life. Mm. Mm. And even when Pope John Paul brought in the um, the Mysteries of Light, mm. again, they're, they're speaking of events in Christ's life. Mm. They're given to us so that we can look at what Christ has done for us mm. and go, okay, Lord, here I am. Yeah. You know, pondering these things in our heart. And we learn from Mary... The rosary is always is all about remembering and being kind of being caught up in the meditation. It's not about getting through the decade as quickly as humanly possible mm-hmm. and then our prayer is done. No. Mm-hmm. Because if we mm-hmm. race through the rosary and you know we're all guilty of it at times, mm-hmm. we're not praying the rosary. So if we take our time even and I could be maybe um slightly killed for saying this, mm-hmm. but you know, if you pray one decade of the rosary well, yes. it's better than praying mm. the entire mm. rosary poorly. Mm. Like if you can make one decade your prayer mm. and you think about what Christ mm. has done for mm. you mm. in that little scene in that decade, mm. then how much more will it affect your life? Exactly. So we're in the school of Mary and she's going to teach us about her son. And Anne has picked a particular decade for us this morning. Anne, which decade are we going to pray? The Annunciation. We are going to pray the Annunciation. And again, just to remind ourselves about the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, You're going, God has this very beautiful job for you. He's going to invite you to become the mother of God. And this morning, we may not have an angel like Gabriel coming to us, but God is still saying to each and every one of us, Anne or Lorraine or John, mm-hmm. whatever your name might be, God has a very special role for you very special role and how are you going to respond to that role Mm. are you going to look at Our Lady and go behold I am your servant I am the handmaid of the Lord let what you have said be done unto me so we invite you to make your prayer our prayer this morning or our prayer your prayer this morning and we're actually going to pray the decade of the rosary so you might lead off for us and we'll join in Okay. our Father who art in heaven Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, <coughs> pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, 
and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. Now it's time for a piece of music, and the piece we've chosen is one that John chose for us this morning. It's from Faith of Our Fathers, and it's called I'll Sing a Hymn to Mary, and it's sung by Rosny Duvon, and it's accompanied by the Irish Philharmonic Orchestra. So let's have a listen to this.
So, welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined in studio here by Lorraine. And, and thanks a lot, Lorraine, for leading us through that beautiful reflection on Mary, which we needed to hear at this time of the year especially. Now, at this part of the programme, it's time where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And before that, Anne's going to share a prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Anne. Lord, we thank you for pushing us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this order in union with Mary, we used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Eh? So now the Gospel for today, the fifth Sunday of Easter, is taken from the Gospel of John. When Judas had gone, Jesus said, Now has the Son of Man been glorified, and in him God has been glorified. If God has been glorified in him, God will in turn glorify him in himself, and will glorify him very soon. My little children, I shall not be with you much longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another, just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By this love you have for one another, everyone will know that you are my disciples. That's the Gospel for today. Lorraine, any of you thoughts you'd like to encourage us with this morning? Again, it's from John's Gospel, John, and John's Gospel has so many layers in it. So as usual, we would encourage you to take out your missile or to take out your Bible and read through it again during the week. It's from chapter 13 of St. John's Gospel, which contains the account of the washing of the feet and then the announcement of Judas's betrayal. And now we're coming to this new commandment of love, which we read in today's Gospel. So from verses uh, 31 onwards, we have an introduction to the last discourse of Jesus, which goes from uh, chapters 14 to chapter 17 of John's Gospel. If you like it, John, in, in one sense, it's kind of his his deathbed kind of, uh, you know, discourse yeah. with his mm. disciples, because all this is taking place the night before he died mm. and he wants to impart to them the most important Point points, the most important teaching. He really Mm. wants to get it into their heads before he goes through his passion, death and resurrection, or as they put it here, his glorification. He really wants to tell them what his message is all about. And there we come to the nub of it really in the middle. My little children, I shall not be with you much longer. I give you a new commandment. Now, there's only one person that can give us commandments, John. Mm-hmm. And that's God. Yeah. So by saying, I give you a new commandment, Jesus is saying, I am God. Mm-hmm. And as God, I am giving you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. 
Now, in the Old Testament, love to love as a commandment, it's, it's not anything new, really. In Leviticus, God said, take no revenge and cherish no grudge against your own people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's from Leviticus 19.18. Mm-hmm. So to love your neighbor as yourself. And we see that theme coming up again in, you know, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. to love your neighbor as yourself. What makes it a new commandment is to love one another as I have loved you. Because to love in that capacity means to love everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And most especially to love those who will betray him, to love those who will eventually crucify you, Mm. to love those who take every opportunity to hurt you. Like St. Rita of Cassia. Exactly. Mm. To, To love those who drive you absolutely bonkers bonkers, absolutely bonkers so it's that sort of love to love one another as I have loved you and of course we know how much Jesus loved us because he loved us so much that even when we were sinners Mm. as St. Paul says even when we were sinners he went to his death for us a most horrific death for us It reminds me a lot of um, St. Paul's description of love in Corinthians. You know, it's used a lot for for weddings and that. 1 Corinthians 13, of course, if you're getting married, presumably you're in the throes of love and Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. is too hard. Mm -hmm. But St. Paul says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Mm -hmm. Okay, think about that. When he's left the dishes in the, you know, Mm -hmm. on the sink Mm -hmm. instead of the dishwasher, for the umpteen time and you keep telling him to put them in the dishwasher they you, won't get in there themselves so love is patient yeah. and that patience yeah. has to last a lifetime yeah. love is yeah. patient love is kind I think the greatest thing that we are missing in this world is kindness mm. and kindness can go so so far think of it a kind word that mm. you received or a kind smile or, you know, you make a mistake in traffic and instead of somebody cutting you off and giving you the yeah, horn yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, shaking yeah, fingers yeah. at you, mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, give you a solution and go, yeah, you're grand there, that's, that's fine. Mm. Kindness can make the world go round. It really, really can. Love does not dishonour others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And most importantly, it keeps no record of wrongs. How often do we say, I forgive you, but I won't forget. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so to love in the way Jesus wants us to love is to love unconditionally, relentlessly, generously. And the only way we can do that is in union with him because it is a divine love. It really is. It isn't something we can do on our own. No. We no. have to hand it over to the Lord over and over and over again. Not so easy, but in prayer... We get the grace of oh, you. Oh, all things are possible. All things are possible. Thank you very much indeed for those encouraging words and words of hope. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thanks again, Anne, for, for joining us this morning. And again, thanks, girls, uh, for that beautiful uh, reflection there um, on Mary that we, that we played there in part two, going all the way back to 2014. So next week from Anne and Lorraine and myself, God bless you all now. Bye.